Welcome to the Farm Bits podcast. Farm Bits is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The Farm Bits podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital ag technology. Hello, Farm Beats scholars, and welcome to another episode of the Farm Beats podcast. I'm Jose Cesario. And I'm Katie Baffke, and we are glad to have you with us as we are joined by the Business Development Manager at Autonomous Pivot, Daniel Jenkins. To the autonomous pivot, Daniel works with producers to support the implementation and benefits of digital agriculture technologies for irrigation. With that in mind, let's hear more from Daniel. I married my wife and moved to Israel and uh, have lived and worked, had lived and worked in Israel for the last seven years. Um, I worked in commercial irrigation. Israel is a, a very leading uh, company when it comes to uh, irrigation. They've pioneered drip tape, um, a lot of gray water reclamation, desalinization. Um, it's a very pressing problem that they are forced to solve. As a result, uh, I, I really got uh, an advanced course in uh, irrigation in Israel. Um, and then uh, had my daughter and another one on the way and thought uh, I need to find a way to uh, put to use all this knowledge that I've acquired in the field. And so I had the option to interview with uh, Autonomous Pivot. Immediately uh, just fell in love with the vision of the company, uh, with what they're trying to do, how we, they're uh, endeavoring to really revolutionize row crop farming um, across the world. Yeah, I came on board last May. <clears throat> I got to come to, I'm here in Wichita at a, um, which is where our production facilities are. And uh, last May, I was able to assemble sensors, uh, go out and install systems, actually in, in about a dozen fields across Nebraska, um, and then got to work with producers uh, across the country that were using our solution um, in the off season. And then with uh, frequent travel, it became pretty clear that uh, if I wanted to see my family more than a couple of weeks out of the month, I would need to be in the States. And so we relocated in May. Um, and yeah, this is my, my second year, uh, second season with Autonomous Pivot um, and loving every minute of it. Awesome. So can you kind of shift that into giving us an overview of what, what Autonomous Pivot is and how that company started? Yes. So the company has been around since 2018. Uh, that was our kind of first proof of concept. Uh, and we've come a long way from, from there, but um, the, the real genesis of the company came from the challenge of making an accurate irrigation recommendation um, with insufficient data. Um, having one point in the field or a couple of points in the field, the, the more data that you have, the better your analysis can be, and that analysis leads to a better recommendation. And so the idea was, how do we optimize data collection uh, in row crop fields. And so there sits the pivot um, for most of the growing season. Uh, it's rotating without stopping at times. And it just seemed kind of uh, intuitive that, uh, you know, we should use that to be more than just the means of applying 
uh, irrigation or fertilizer or chemical, um, but, you, but convert that, retrofit that to where it's actually the means of data collection. So that's what we've done uh, at Autonomous Pivot. Um, we've built a reliable platform for data collection through the pivot. We do that with our proprietary sensors and cameras. The system is mounted with uh, two cameras, um, just RGB at this point, uh, but two cameras, uh, a narrow lens and a wide uh, angle lens that allows us to see both a bird's eye view of the field. And uh, the narrow camera allows us to see submillimeter features on the crop. Um, so continuous in-field monitoring imagery. We supplement that um, with our ground penetrating radar. Um, so that sits on a boom, a 15 foot boom out in front of the irrigation footprint. So we're reading dry soil ahead of the previous application. And that gives us insights into the efficiency of the previous application. Let's us know if we're, how we're trending, if we're gaining water, losing water. Um, and helps to close the loop on, uh, on our calculus for uh, what the crop is using and what the, the soil is losing. We, the cameras also have a GPS component, a wireless gateway that's able to upload that to the cloud, lower one connectivity for our on-location rain bucket. Rain, as we know this year, is the most valuable and variable input that your fields are going to get. And so you may have a rain bucket at the shop. You may have a local rain bucket a few miles away, uh, but the variability for rainfall can be immense. And so, um, you know, we don't have them scattered multiple throughout the field, which of course, you know, on a quarter section, you can have variability even within the field itself. Um, but generally we put it at the center of the pivot and it gives us real-time rain data for that specific location. By tracking the pivot and its application with uh, our pressure transducer and GPS, by tracking rainfall, uh, we're able to know exactly how much moisture is going into the field. We're using the cameras uh, to verify crop growth stage and refine our ET calculation for what the crop is using and what the soil is losing. We also have web services through DTN that provide uh, precision weather data for all the data points that we need to make that ET calculus, uh, solar radiation, wind direction, speed, relative humidity, temperature. Um, and so while we're not calculating everything that you need to know in the field, I feel like we're calculating way more than uh, our competitors. And, that ultimately allows us to give a superior analysis of soil moisture in the field and ultimately a better recommendation um, for the crop irrigation. Our slogan is more than just irrigation. So as we, as we go forward, uh, we look to leverage the, the imagery and other sensors that we're working on to provide more solutions than just when and how much to irrigate. Yeah, Daniel, yeah, it's been really right here and it's important have this data collection more accurate so we can have better decisions in the field, right? I Absolutely. agree with you on that. And yeah, you mentioned some of the, the features that your products have there, right? From the company. And yeah. but what are the different products that Autonomous Pivot offers and the benefits of each to your customers? Uh, we, we also see that you guys uh, have some companies websites that alerts about some crop pests and disease. Is that correct? Can you expand a little bit? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, currently we don't have a, a wide catalog of products. The challenge with a startup is there's so many things that you can do and so many ways that you can apply your technology that at times it can be the death of a thousand paper cuts if you start to do this, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So we've tried to maintain laser focus um, in our system and, and what it offers. And so with the exception of a few minor alterations, the, the completed system with the GPR, the cameras, the rain bucket, um, and the pressure transducer is what we offer um, by being able to monitor, as I said, all of those different data points. Um, and to do that with a systems approach, as opposed to just using one tool uh, for data collection, having multiple sensors that are able to uh, reference each other, uh, adjust, augment each other, confirm each other, um, we really feel that we have a better solution there. So specifically, what do we offer to our growers? Well, I believe personally that our system has a place on every pivot uh, in North America. There are several instances that are a real no-brainer for the implementation of our system. Some of those would be remote monitoring. We have, uh, we have growers in Nebraska that have fields that are 55, 60 miles away from where they live. Um, and so in a year like this, where fuel is uh, a cost that really must be considered and how we maintain our budgets, this particular grower has you know, told us that it saved him many miles in his pickup uh, and many, uh, many hours of second guessing uh, to be able to see remotely real-time moisture conditions, crop conditions, to know when the pivot's running, if it's stuck, if, it's, if there's any issues, been a, a godsend for him, I would believe he would, would say. We also have the benefit of larger fields, being able to, to ma manage more acreage with one system, uh, being able to put one system in a section where you have multiple fields and you're able to spread out that uh, ROI with, with multiple fields. And then obviously with higher value crops, um, we've, we've done more work this year with potato growers. I had a grower once tell me that uh, our system was just 10,000 pounds of potatoes. And uh, that seemed like a lot to me. Uh, but he was using it like, oh, this is nothing, just 10,000 pounds of potatoes. So uh, yeah, remote monitoring, uh, maximizing acreage in a, in a, in a given area, uh, and then higher value crops are really a, a no-brainer for the implementation of our system. That's really neat. Um, can you tell us like specifically if autonomous pivot was designed for any crop or one in particular, kind of how that works? I'm here in Wichita, Kansas. This is where the system was pioneered and designed. We built the system for corn and soybeans. Um, those were the first two crops that we supported. As the company's grown and we've realized the value of implementing our system in other crops, we have expanded to cover in potatoes. And we did some trials last year in onions. Um, we also do significant work in alfalfa, which can be a challenge with using a, a static soil moisture probe and the frequent cutting and harvesting. And we also do sorghum, uh, wheat. We did some trials this year in barley as well. 
Um, so really, as we go forward, we intend to increase that catalog of, of, as well of supported crop types. As you corn huskers know, uh, the the corn and, and beans market is really our bread and butter, and that's where we, we've begun and where we focused, and mm -hmm. most of our, our systems are implemented in. Uh, that's great, Daniel. And could you tell us, like, what are the critical problems that demand a real-time irrigation solution between the systems that we just mentioned? Yeah, I think the way that we look at uh, a field uh, being irrigated, whether it's a larger field, a smaller field, one with more soil variability, one that's more consistent, what we're always looking for is, is what hasn't been irrigated yet. Um, and so, the, the, the point of the field that's longest since it was irrigated is the, where you're going to see stress, where you're going to see issues. And I feel like that's um, the benefit of our system is while our system is in a fixed location on the pivot, um, so we're always measuring in the same relative location, we're always moving around and we're always monitoring the portion of the field that is longest since it was last irrigated. So um, it gives you a real insight. And I would say that it's kind of a challenge. And as, as I've uh, worked with lots of producers to educate the community of interest, because a lot of our growers have used uh, soil moisture probes in the past, and they're used to seeing um, those peaks and valleys of when the pivot passes over the probe, um, and, and there is some useful data that can be can be gained from from those probes, but what you'll see with our system, and what you should see, what we would hope to see, is a much more consistent uh, measurement throughout the field, because you're always in the same location. You're always measuring out in front of the irrigation. Um, only after a rain event will you see it peak and then start to dry, um, and so. I would say that measuring correctly, measuring uh, what, what it needs um, to be irrigated and being able to use uh, a more efficient uh, calculation um, to where you're applying just enough, just in time, you're allowing for healthy uh, aerobic processes to happen in the soil. That's key in going forward. So measuring in the right spot is, is definitely something that we provide. Doing that all around the field is a bonus. And then I would say, um, and we know this, we've seen this this season for sure. Um, after a rain event, how do we begin? When do we start irrigating? And how much did we get in that location? Where was our soil moisture before the rain fell? So how much of that rain was actually effective rainfall to be used by the crop? Um, these are all questions that the grower has to wrestle with. And unfortunately, the common solution when, when you're in doubt is better be safe than sorry. And so we see growers that a lot of times will just continue irrigating in the rain if it's not enough for them to shut it off. Or if it is enough for them to shut it off, they, they you know, will do so for 12 or 24 hours um, and then fire it right back up. Um, the only way to combat that mentality is with sufficient data, reliable data, abundant data um, to really give um, a counterpoint to 
the, I guess the, the fear mentality or the, the cautious mentality of, I don't want to get behind. And so we enable that with our growers by showing them how much rain exactly fell in the field, where the soil moisture was. We also issue essentially a forecast of soil moisture. So if you don't irrigate, these are your drying trends. So that gives them the information they need to be able to make that decision to leave that pivot off for another six or 12 hours. And at times that's the, the real critical saving that, that we can offer. Throughout the season, you know, we're not gonna tell you, oh, shut your pivot off for, you know, the next two weeks and, you know, go to the beach. Um, but those, those key hours at key times of, yeah, you can shut the, there's sufficient soil moisture. You can shut it down for six hours. You can shut it down for 12 hours. That's the saving that's most beneficial. And then uh, another key point of our system is uh, it can be mounted uh, and installed today. Uh, you finished harvesting your field, you can go out and put our system up uh, and it'll already begin to provide useful data points from the field. Uh, so at a time when you would never have data from a uh, soil moisture probe or you would, it would require you to go out consistently and manually probe it yourself, our system can be out there in the field providing data um, for that early season uh, irrigation recommendation. So I think with this year, with the um, minimal rainfall that fell between October and April, a lot of growers started to irrigate sooner than they had in the past. And I hope that this is a, an outlier uh, year meteorologically that we'll get much more rainfall uh, and soon. But discretionary irrigation passes early on in the season, discretionary passes towards the end of the season as, as you're finishing the crop, those are also a benefit of our system as well. Daniel, you did a great job of explaining kind of how the benefits of autonomous pivot really come out through your trials. Um, can you now talk us a little bit about how the autonomous pivot products need to be programmed to achieve these benefits you previously mentioned? Yeah, so our system is not plug and play. Just start with that point right there. Can't go grab our system off the shelf and go throw it at, throw it in your field um, and, and expect it to start working like, um, like you would another product. Um, so that of course is a challenge for us, but we've made progresses in how we get data from the grower about the field um, that helps to fill in um, for some key constant data points in our algorithm as we calculate what our sensor data is, is showing in the field. So yeah, we have uh, an extensive uh, questionnaire, if you will, uh, a field form that we grow, go over with each of our growers that's uh, at times, uh, it's questions that they don't even know the answers to that they have to go and look in some cabinet or file for really to, to understand the pivot itself. What's its capability? How much is it applying? What are its speeds? These, this is all information that we use in order to, to recommend irrigations. So um, not just your soil type and how much water it can hold, not just your crop type and how much it's using, but your specific machine, how much can it apply and how quickly and, and, and what's its pacing and how can we, we maximize again that aerobic process in the soil of, of healthy um, wetting and drying that's going to maximize nutrient uptake, that's going to 
provide the you know the needed stresses for a, for a healthier crop. That information is is a challenge and uh, sometimes hard to get from the grower, but it's something that we really work on even throughout the season. If we start to see issues with data, that's the first place we go back to check and see maybe there's an error in here in this information that was provided. And and ultimately every every year we're refining our questionnaire and, and that field form and making it more efficient uh, for collecting data from the grower. Yeah, no, that's, that's neat, Daniel. And you mentioned some of the growers and its difference between their systems, right? But what are some of the characteristics of operations that these early adopters, growers of the autonomous people pack? Yeah, so larger operations that have many, many pivots uh, and, and that need to be monitored operations that have a, a commitment to sustainability that actually uh, report and, and provide that information to a third party or to a corporate entity. This is how much I applied this year. This is how much rain fell. Collecting that data can be tedious. And, uh, you know, a lot of growers have the, their notepad or whatever that they've, you know, been writing this down and then putting that into a, an Excel file and, and sending it off. And, um, and so they see the benefit of our system and that we're collecting all that data for them. We prepare all that data and can send it to whomever they would like. Just as far as tracking and monitoring, it's a, it's a huge benefit. Again, more remote operations. So... If I have 20 miles, 30 miles uh, from one field to the next, I think our system uh, begins to offer cost savings as far as fuel efficiency and, and monitoring to be able to alleviate one visit a week. Uh, you know, it can be 75, 100 bucks of fuel. That's already half the price of our system across the season, just if, if you're able to save one trip. Um, and that's before even taking into account what we could say with irrigation or with crop health monitoring through the cameras or, or you know, any of our other features that we offer. So remote monitoring, larger operations, operations with sustainability, uh, accountability, let's say. Always progressive farmers, uh, farmers that are looking for ways to solve problems with technology. Um, we definitely can and do do that. And then there's also the labor shortage component of, uh, you know, as we go forward, there are fewer and fewer 30 and 40 year veterans when it comes to uh, crop consultants and agronomists and, and just field workers as well. Um, so finding ways to offset that uh, labor shortage with technology is, is always going to be something that growers need to be on the lookout for how can I implement technology to overcome a, uh, a shortcoming that with with labor. So, thank you. Um, I think right now we'd like to take a deeper dive into the autonomous pivot platform. So we have yeah. a couple of, like a series of questions here. Okay. Um, what technologies does autonomous pivot use to help irrigation management? Like which kind of sensors does it need? Does it account for spatial variability? What are some of the parameters autonomous pivot utilizes to support farmers and irrigation advisors on decision making? And then what are kind of some of these challenges 
that come with the platform when tracking and reporting water metrics. If you could just expand on any of those, that'd sure. be great. We may have to go back. You may need to read those questions again. That was absolutely, uh, absolutely not a problem. Uh, so let's. I can talk a little bit more about our sensors if you'd like. Yeah. Um, when you look at our system, the first thing that um, the thing that I hear a lot from growers is my friend drove by the field and called me and said, "You got something hanging off the front of your pivot. What's what's that thing hanging off the front of your pivot?" And so that thing hanging off the front of the pivot is our ground penetrating radar. So I don't know if you're familiar with ground penetrating radar or not. It's technology that's been around uh, since the 70s, if, if not a bit before. It's primarily been used in the detection of oil and natural gas, but this specific iteration was developed by a technology institute in New Zealand. It's uh, specifically formatted for agricultural purposes. A little bit about radar and antenna antennas. The signal that they emit is directly proportionate to their size and shape, the orientation of the antenna array. That's why you'll see taller, you know, three, four, five hundred foot antenna towers for Air Force bases that send out a huge signal. Ours is not that big. Uh, we've we believe that it's at uh, a size that makes it manageable for the field. It easily navigates. Uh, even through densely populated, densely planted corn, it's got some lateral give with the sensor, and so it's able to navigate through those cornfields. Uh, but essentially, it's taking a reading up to 24 inches. We consistently read 18 inches, the top 18 inches of soil, and it reads essentially a cubic meter of soil. And again, the benefit of, of our system is not that it's reading, you know, three feet in, in one point, because it's not. The benefit of our system is that it's reading uh, all around the field. So the way that the system is designed is essentially every half an hour, uh, the system wakes up, takes a reading with the GPR, uh, takes images with the cameras, fetches data from the rain bucket, checks a pressure transducer, and then all of that gets uploaded to the cloud. Um, and so every half an hour for, uh, for, for a cornfield, it's a pretty high um, refresh rate. Um, we don't have any ambitions of live streaming your cornfield because, let's be honest, things don't happen that fast in corn growing. But we believe that every, that every 30 minutes, it's providing key data. And again, our system is it's mounted on the pivot. It doesn't go home at five. It doesn't take the weekend off. It doesn't need, you know, a vacation or anything like that. It's mounted on the, the pivot and it's there. It's monitoring continuously throughout, throughout the season. So other benefit, I guess I would say, uh, kind of hit on it earlier, is the redundancy that we have built into our system. So we're taking readings with the GPR. Um, but we're also, we have eyes on the field with the camera. So we're able to um, affirm, we're able to adjust. If we're seeing, uh, you know, really, really wet readings with our GPR, is that what we're seeing with our cameras as well? If, if it's showing really, really dry, are we seeing early signs of crop stress as well? Uh, again, that's the benefit of our system uh, and using a systems approach not just looking for one sensor to provide all the data, but augmenting them with multiple sensors and multiple data points is, is a key benefit of our system. 
I think there was a question about spatial variability. Yeah, I think you kind of touched on that. Feel free to elaborate as well if you'd like. Yeah, so as we look ahead to the future of agriculture and, and full VRI with you know solenoids on every valve and opening and closing all up and down the pivot, we don't really have a solution for that yet. We find that you know our cost, the cost effective solution is one system per irrigation pivot. So we mount that generally, if there's not some other extenuating circumstance, we mount that at the end of the second to last tower. So that gives us the greatest possible circumference without reading at the edge of the field and getting deviations because of edge effect, things of that nature. We're about 20, 25 feet in from the pivot track. So we're, we're reading uh, undisrupted soil right in the middle of the field. And again, we're reading that from hundreds of data points all around the, the circle. Because we're in a fixed location and we can only see one donut or one ring of the field, if you will, uh, we do offset that by uh, implementing twice a season aerial imagery. And so we partner with uh, series imaging for fixed wing uh, aerial flights twice a season uh, with uh, NDVI and, and thermal imaging, their full package. And that's really useful because while we're monitoring our portion of the field continually, we're not able to see the inner spans. We're not able to see the last span. So we, we do offset that twice a season, generally around V6 to V8. To, that's early enough where if there is some crop stress because of an irrigation issue, you can get out there and get it remedied before it would start to uh, impact reproductive growth. Um, and then later on, we'll do it after tassel to check for canopy closure and more pervasive issues in the field through NDVI. Um, but yeah, we've been, uh, when those aerial images detect something, it pays for our system immediately. Um, being able to go out there and, and fix a plug nozzle or a certain tower that's not getting pressure, that's it, you know, that, that just saved you, uh, you know, substantial loss that season. So in the future, we have entertained the ideas of mounting several sensors along uh, a certain pivot. Um, but again, it's, it's always a cost benefit analysis of is data from further in as beneficial? Do I need to know every, every tower, you know, how, how efficiently we're irrigating? So it's always a question and we're always looking to, you know, explore and potentially solve that. But right now we believe we have the a sweet spot of uh, data collection being there at the end of the second to last tower. It's um, amazing how these sensors can help us to do some predictions and better managing our farmers. We, we know that each farmer is like specifically, right, uh, if the technology pays off or not. So right. we have always to consider that. But and you mentioned like how these sensors collect the data for you guys, but how does that come to the farmer? Does they take the decision or do you guys have a recommendation? How does that work? All of the information that we collect with our sensors ultimately is presented in our, in our app, uh, Autonomous Pivot. We have tabs for soil moisture that show our water balance calculations, that show our GPR readings, that shows uh, an active pressure graph 
uh, across time. We have a tab for our images where each of those images is tagged with its GPS location. So if there's something detected in an image, you can go specifically to that location for a better use of your time in scouting. We have our weather tab that's taking the precision weather data and showing the ET forecast and crop usage. It's also showing predicted rain events that are coming. Um, we have a tab for our aerial imagery as well. And then ultimately we have our uh, recommendations tab. So this is where we have um, a recommendation for the grower, turn your pivot on at this time, run it at this speed, it will apply this amount, do it for this amount of hours. Um, and then this year we were able to implement uh, a download feature as well, where you can download that recommendation as a speed table and then upload that into your pivot controller um, to be able to run your pivot. So we, we don't have our own proprietary uh, pivot controller. We may build one. We, it's always uh, better if you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So we may just uh, look for further collaboration to partner with existing pivot controllers. That being said, uh, we have made progress um, with a few of the larger uh, pivot controllers as far as API integration to where you could see our data in that pivot controller app. And I would say that we're on the precipice of uh, through that integration, the grower getting an update and saying, this is your current soil moisture, predicted weather for the week, this is your crop in its growth stage, this is our irrigation recommendation for the week. Uh, would you agree? Would you like to edit? And by the click of a button, that would then, um, you know, port over and, and begin to run the pivot. So we're not there yet, but we're, we're very close and uh, it'll be exciting and can't wait for, for that time when uh, we are running the pivot autonomously. We set the bar high for ourselves with the name of our company. And uh, actually, we even had some first-year customers last year that said, you're autonomous pivot. Why aren't you running my pivot autonomously? It was kind of a, a surprise because mostly growers are skeptical and, uh, you know, they wouldn't hand over the keys to anybody, much less somebody they hardly know and say, here, irrigate my cornfield for the whole season. But we, we definitely realized that that's the name that we've given ourselves and that's the the goal for for our company that one day we would autonomously run the pivot um, so it's uh, it's on the roadmap and we're we're making good progress towards that goal i think that's exciting how you kind of shared what your ultimate goal and what you really want to see this company come forth as so can you give us a little bit about kind of what are the most significant weaknesses and how you guys are truly aiming to improve them? Yeah. So what we saw this season, again, was, uh, you know, the challenge of getting accurate data from the grower about the field. You know, we aim to save our growers time. That time should not be spent filling out uh, tedious questionnaires for us that time shouldn't be spent on the phone with us figuring out you know what's going on and so we're always working to improve the ease of use um, for collecting that data for having uh, local representatives that would go out and meet with you and look at the pivot and 
maybe even turn it on and take some measurements and see exactly what's needed to install our sensors. So that of course is, is a challenge that we've been working on for many years and we'll, we'll continue. I don't know that we'll ever fully solve it because it's a human question. We make adjustments every year, we streamline, we improve, uh, we make it more efficient. Um, we built an engine this year to pull soil, soil data from USDA maps um, to fill in for uh, soil type questions that maybe the grower didn't have information for. We're working with uh, the integration of different soil mapping technologies um, into our system as well. So I would say that that's definitely one of them. Another, another challenge is, uh, you know, we have a physical sensor in the field. And so it, you know, requires maintenance and at times and uh, was surprised and impressed by the reliability of our systems this year and how little intervention was involved. Uh, but we're always working to make those sensors more resilient, more robust, um, to make them more efficient right from the get-go working with uh, with local interested parties uh, is also a key going forward. Um, having someone that's not just in Wichita or in Israel, uh, but having somebody that's, you know, down the road that you can turn to if you have a question as well. And so uh, we are looking to, uh, you know, strengthen our existing channels and find new distribution partners in, in areas that we're, we're not quite as uh, as present in yet, so. And then, uh, you know, continuing to refine our sensor technology. What we've done is built a reliable platform for data collection. And this year we were able to integrate the pressure transducer that gave us more information, but we're always looking ahead to, you know, what's, what's the next feature? What's the next sensor? How can we improve what we already have? How can we make our, our camera unit better? How can we improve our GPR technology? Our rain bucket is awesome when there's rain to measure, but there's only so much we can do. You know, we're dedicated to consistent growth and improvement, and um, this is what we do, and this is what we're going to continue to do. And so finding ways to make it better and more efficient is always going to be our, our priority. You mentioned that you guys are trying to refine these technologies and all the sensors in the field, but... For those growers that are interested in implementing a platform like that, is there a minimum requirement that they need like about the technology that they should have already in the field? Well, you do you do have to have a center pivot irrigation system. <laughs> but that is uh, one. So Katie, unfortunately, for dry land corn, <laughs> we do not yet have a solution. And again, you know, the ag space is so vast. There's, this may be, a, you know, this is my opinion, but I don't think there's ever going to be one silver bullet solution for every crop in every field and every geography. And that's the, the, the benefit and the challenge when you develop a, a product. Um, but we've taken it to heart and we've really tried to embrace this is where our system thrives. So irrigated row crops under pivot, that's what we're doing. You know, we're not looking to expand into vineyards or orchards or, or dry land areas right now. Um, who knows, 10, 15 years in the future, we may have a solution for that as well. But we're trying to focus uh, on what we're doing 
and do it the best that better than anyone else. And, and I believe that's where we're at right now. The requirements beyond that, you do need a smartphone or a computer. Um, we're, we can't, we're not going to mail you our pictures and recommendations beyond that. If you've got a pivot and you've got a smartphone or a computer, our system can be of value to you. Awesome. Can you share any advice you have for our listeners considering making significant irrigation management decisions? Yeah, use autonomous pivot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, that's the, that's the short answer. The more elaborative answer is there are so many factors that go into that decision-making process. Uh, you know, it's not just about what your soil moisture is in one point in the field. It's not just about how much rain you got in, you know, at the shop. In order to make the best decision, you need as much data as you can because there's always that uh, inclination to irrigate in times of doubt. And unless you have something to counter that, that apprehension or counter that fear, you're probably just going to continue to, to run the pivot. So find uh, solutions that are convenient for you, that you understand, that work with your management style and, and use them, use data uh, to make that decision. Because at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's not just about farming this year, next year, but, you know, our goal is that we can farm efficiently and sustainably that would allow for agriculture to continue and thrive for generations to come. I love that. And we have one last question for you. If someone wanted to learn more about your company and its products, where should they go to find out more? Yeah. So uh, you can reach us on the web, autonomouspivot.com. That'll take you to the website. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, you can send an email to info at autonomouspivot.com. There's also a, a portion there on the website. Um, you can check us out on Twitter. Uh, just yesterday, there was a little news blurb from uh, Nebraska TV featuring our system uh, out near Grand Island, how our system is being used with farmers to, to save and make better management decisions. So find us on the web. Thank you very much, Ben. Yes, yep. thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank yeah. you all for having me and uh, for doing this podcast and getting info out about meaningful technologies for, for growers. Thank you very much to Daniel for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Beats podcast. It's really exciting to hear his perspective and knowledge focus around how to use data collection for improving irrigation management. One of my favorite parts of this episode is how these sensors are helping growers to better predict irrigation rates on their systems besides only considering the draw season. I agree, but my favorite part is when Daniel talks about how the data collection can improve water use efficiency, sustainability, and the overall cost efficiency of each operation. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to sharing another digital egg story with you next week on FarmBits. We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review sections of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. 
We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Bits. Farm Bits.